Hello and welcome to the January 11th Angus Beef Bulletin Extra Management Articles. I'm Miranda Ryman, Director of Digital Content and Strategy. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to email us at abbeditorial at angus.org. Now let's get started. The first article is Winter Bull Management, Tips for Maintaining Bulls During the Winter Months by Heather Smith-Thomas. Ideally, bulls should be separated from the cow herd after the breeding season to give them a chance to regain body condition if they lost weight. Winter management of bulls is important to ensure bulls are healthy and in top shape for the next breeding season. Marty Luke, Jernigan Ranch Manager at Missouri State University, says bulls must be fed enough to have adequate body condition and a little reserve. He turned some bulls out in November for breeding in the fall calving herd, but says they are in good flesh, body condition score of 6 on a 9-point scale, and easy doers. This makes a difference. Many breeders today are pushing for growth and carcass traits, and some of those bulls are not grass cattle and a little different to maintain, he says. High-performance genetics need more care and feeding. Luke says he selects for a very maternal cow herd. Carcass traits are part of the whole picture, but they must balance with good structure, maternal traits, and udder quality. We pay a lot of attention to the cow side, and our breeding program takes a little different type of bull, he says. Some of the high marbling bulls take more feed to make it work, and they still look rough sometimes. Nutrition. Cody Garris, a third-generation cattle producer, operates the Garris Ranch near Lamar, Missouri, and has a lot of experience taking care of his bulls. Most of the things involved in winter bull management are very basic but important, he says, noting lower temperatures increase energy needs. We hear a lot of talk about protein, but energy level in the diet is also crucial in the winter. Cattle have certain energy needs that must be met, especially during the cold winter. Garris is in the seed stock business, so he manages a lot of young, growing bulls, as well as mature bulls. Although young bulls must be managed differently, since they are still growing, there are similarities that they all have to eat in a certain amount of dry matter each day. The principle is still similar whether you are feeding a growing 1,200-pound bull or a mature 2,000-pound bull. You need to know what the expectations are in terms of amount of dry matter per day, he says. In cold weather, bulls need a diet that includes available energy, since they require more calories to stay warm while maintaining body condition. There are many good ways to feed bulls and many different feeds that work. It usually depends on what's available and what it costs. It's also important to have a dependable water source that doesn't freeze. We generally think about the importance of water during the summer when it's hot, but it's equally important to have adequate water in the winter, says Garris. If cattle don't have enough water, they won't eat enough. They may need bedding in cold winter. If bulls are out on pasture with cows in a breeding season for fall calving, they are often on good stockpiled fescue. They don't need bedding in that situation because they have some grass to lie down in. Bulls in dry lots, or on very short grass, however, probably need bedding when temperatures drop. This can help prevent scrotal frostbite. An inexpensive bale of straw can prevent a lot of problems and protect the fertility of those bulls, Garris explains. Windbreaks are important to reduce wind chill and frostbite. In our part of the world, most farms have natural windbreaks, but if you are in more open country, the wind can be very brutal and artificial windbreaks will be needed, he says. Bull management may be more critical for a bull that is breeding fall calving cows than for a bull that has the winter off and only needs to recover from summer breeding season says Garis. If bulls are in pens away from the cows during the winter, make sure they are in compatible groups. Bulls of similar size and age, Garis recommends. 
Young bulls with older dominant bulls may get picked on and do not do as well, especially if older bulls keep them away from the feed. A good health program is also important. In fall, I like to use Poron Dewormer that not only controls worms, but also the lice. If bulls have lice, they can be miserable, rubbing out hair, damaging facilities with their constant rubbing, says Garas. Editor's note, Heather Smith-Thomas is a freelance writer and cattlewoman from Salmon, Idaho. The second article is Winter Water Challenges, Ideas for Keeping Water Flowing During Cold Weather by Heather Smith-Thomas. Keeping stock water ice-free can be frustrating during colder months. Water availability is also an issue in some pastures. Carl Hopp, Extension Livestock Specialist for North Dakota State University, shares options to keep water flowing, even at temperatures of negative 30. The easiest way to keep a water tank or trough warm enough to prevent freezing is with an electrical heating element, he says. Some people try to go frost-free with some kind of insulated tank or trough without electricity, but invariably, when it gets down to 30 below zero or colder, they will be chopping ice. There are other options, such as using natural gas in an area where you might not have access to electricity. Some people use a propane tank and heater. When I grew up as a kid, that's what we used, a propane burner with a thermal couple on it so that when it got cold, it kicked on, says Hop. Using coal furnaces or cob boxes for heating water tanks is another option. In areas that grow corn, cobs can keep a smoldering fire going. A person must keep stoking those burners, but that's easier than breaking ice, notes Hop. With a propane burner or natural gas heater, a hard wind may blow out the pilot light, he says. It's hard to relight it in those conditions. You have to put a blanket or something else around it to stop the wind to get it going again. Some feed yards put in frost-free water tubs or tanks to save electricity, but when the temperature drops to negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit, they freeze up, Pop says. For 10 or 11 months of the year, they work fine, but then you might have a couple of weeks with serious water issues, and cattle don't gain weight if they can't drink. Large rubber tire tanks that are sometimes covered and set into the ground a bit to utilize warmth from the ground also work, but at negative 40 degrees, even the drinking holes freeze over unless they are covered, Hop says. A cow may flip the cover open, and then it freezes open. With a lot of cows drinking on a water system, it keeps good flow and circulates around the tank with lots of volume, which helps keep the water from freezing. But when it's really cold at night, the cows aren't drinking, so there may not be enough water flow to keep it from freezing. Running water doesn't freeze, so some ranchers use a system in which the water flows continually rather than using a float. The running water must have somewhere to go, however, and may create an ice buildup. It will eventually thaw in the spring, but it needs to be far enough away from the tank and cattle to not create a problem. The overflow should go downhill far enough before it freezes to prevent treacherous conditions around the water tank. Water from an artesian well may be warm enough it won't freeze right away. Water from a spring can be collected in a spring box and piped to a trough or a tank. Spring water is usually ground temperature, 50 degrees to 55 degrees, which is usually warmer than a river or pond in cold weather. If there's enough flow and it can be kept moving, it won't freeze until winter temperatures get really cold, but there will be ice from the discharge overflow from the tank. Some of the big rubber tire frost-free tanks are covered with only one open spot where the cattle drink. Some of those are installed with a riser hole in the center coming up eight feet from the ground beneath them, says Hop. This isn't just a four inch pipe, it's a two or three foot across to get more heat up from the ground coming up. This can make a big difference. He notes that the fountains with balls at the top worked well, but the balls had to be set at the right level. 
In cold weather, you had to go out every morning and stump those balls to break them loose, he explains. They'd get a thin film of ice over them, and you had to break it loose for the water to work properly again. Those can freeze up completely, however, if the weather gets too cold. Editor's note, Heather Smith-Thomas is a freelance writer and cattlewoman from Salmon, Idaho. The third article, Angus at Work, How Bull Selection Affects Your Feeder Calf Prices. We are heading into bull sale season, so the November 22nd episode of our Angus at Work podcast is geared to give you some bull selection criteria, but with the perspective of the end product. Miranda Ryman, that's me, caught up with Brian Bertelson, Vice President of Field Operations at U.S. Premium Beef at the Feeding Quality Forum last fall. He offers insights into ways to make the most money off your feeder cattle, along with how your bull selection plays into that. There's a link to the podcast, or you can search for Angus at Work on any of your favorite podcast platforms, including wherever you're listening to this audio. Thanks for listening. For more information on how to make Angus Bulls work for you, visit angusbeepleton.com extra.